welcome back to the Director Vibe Podcast. I'm your host and director of Vibes, Leslie Schultz. I did a little bit of experimenting in the last episode with a pre-recorded sort of like standard intro that I had intended to use for every episode because I've heard it on other podcasts and it seemed like it would simplify the process of recording. But I am here to keep it real with you all the time, and as I recorded this next episode, it just didn't feel authentic to have anything that was sort of pre-recorded and not off the cuff, straight from my heart, especially as I welcome this special guest to the podcast. I have got a double episode of wondrous information around burnout from Charlene Rimshaw. She is the founder of Everyday Coherence, a therapist, holistic lifestyle coach, creator of the Say Goodbye to Burnout Method, and now a published author. I am so excited to introduce you to my friend Charlene and talk about her new book, Burn Bright. This incredible book offers guidance and solutions along with tons of self-care techniques that help you heal from today's near-constant state of burnout. Hello, we all need this. As I read this book, every single page felt like it was written about the journey that I've been on the past few years as I worked on shifting from never not working to this life of presence, purpose, and peace that I choose today. I met Charlene at a dinner party at the house I've been graciously hosted at for the past nine months or so, and I immediately felt this kinship to Charlene, as I'm sure you're going to feel as well, but I had no idea just how much we shared in regards to our life's journeys. While we were sailing in the Bahamas a few months ago, I was doing a weekly check-in on my phone after the most glorious day at sea and discovered an email from Charlene telling me about her book and asking to come onto the podcast. Even though I was super excited to hear from her, I decided to wait a few days to respond because I wasn't about to start working during sunset on the ocean. Instead, I went up to the deck to celebrate this exciting email Receiving something like that on such an aligned day where I had just spent the entire day having fun in the sun, noticed my podcast downloads had more than doubled my monthly goal, and then I received this email. I was just, it was so perfect. The best part is, I was so excited to receive an email of someone wanting to be on the podcast that I totally grazed over the full title of the book. So I went back moments later to reread the email, and I burst into laughter as I read the subtitle of her book, Burn Bright which is heal yourself from burnout and live with presence, purpose, and peace. In that moment, I knew Charlene was going to understand that I was not about to respond to her right away, and it came as no surprise that her book felt just as aligned as the way she came to become a friend of mine and be a guest on this podcast. I am so over the moon excited for you to meet Charlene Rimshaw, learn from her, and feel that immediate kinship with this incredible soul. And our conversation was so in-depth and so powerful that I decided to split it up into two episodes so that you can really take in all of the information, digest it, and integrate it. Let's dive right in to the first round. excited to chat with you today. So excited to share your book with people. I have told you before that I deeply related to this book so many times throughout it. I seriously feel like you wrote it about my life. Even though we only know, have known each other for like a couple of months, I feel like you've just been following my life and, and figured out this path I was on and decided to write a book about it. Obviously that's not what happened, but I think anyone that's been through burnout 
is going to read it and probably feel the same way depending on where they are in this journey. Before we dive in and start talking about your book, Burn Bright, I want my audience to hear a little bit of your story that led you to create the Say Goodbye to Burnout course and ultimately write this book. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Leslie. You know, I, I also would like to just take the liberty of saying uh, what you just shared is one of the highest compliments I could receive because, you know, it's like, yes, I want it to be relatable, but how do you write how do you write a book for everybody? Right. That, but in a way that people are able to resonate with. So when you shared that with me, that really, that really hit me in a beautiful heartfelt place. And I was like, oh, ah, okay. Good. I good. think, I, think I, I did it with Burn Bright. So thank you, Leslie. I'm really Absolutely. I'm honored that it, um, it affected you in that way. And it was just really wonderful to, to hear that. I'm so glad. <laughs> thank you. So yeah, so I started out not with the intention of uh, specializing in burnout. I was interested <laughs> in helping people connect that deeply to their mind and body for a coherent uh, sense of well-being. Through my own healing process, I found that the more time I spent in my body and less in my thoughts, that my energy started to shift. And I started to feel this bubbling presence of effervescent joy and I was like, I feel like I'm onto something here. And so that's when I, uh, that's one of the reasons uh, that I went back to school, finished my master's degree in social work, because I really was like, I want to help people find their path to living their version, uh, their definition of a high quality, quality life. And certainly through um, learning the science, the, the Western science behind the mind-body connection, and then also studying for many years the Eastern philosophies and Eastern medicine around it, I decided that I wanted to create my own business, helping people really connect uh, mind, mind and body, as I was mentioning. And what I learned very quickly from my clients is that, oh, they are experiencing the depletion of their energy and you know, finding lack of focus and all these different kind of clusters of things that were happening. And they all ended up pointing to burnout. And so really it was my clients and the burnout culture that brought me to specialize in burnout. And it made so much sense for me to connect um, using all of the tools that I have related to mind-body connection to, to create the Say Goodbye to Burnout program because a big piece of burnout happens because we're living so much in our head and in our thoughts and are just like, go, 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 kind of forgetting that we even have a body on a daily basis. And it's our bodies that actually provide the healing on so many levels to heal from burnout, to slow our pace down, to quiet our thoughts, all of that kind of stuff. So ultimately that's, that's what got me to create the Say Goodbye to Burnout program. And then, and then um, somehow, amazingly, a, an editor from a publishing company, Quarto Publishing, found me on Instagram and said, hey, would you be interested in writing a book about preventing and, and, and healing from burnout? What? And I was like, That's awesome. Right? Yeah. And when, it's kind of a, a silly, funny story, which I can, you know, I might as well share with you here. Yeah. And so he had, the editor, John Foster, had had slipped into my DMs. And so usually like, you know, in those like extra DMs, it's like, you know, XX girls, right? Or like, let's collab. 
Right, exactly. <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Like brand yeah. ambassador and all that. Yeah. I, I, my initial kind of like gut reaction or whatever was kind of like the, ah, yeah. And then I looked at it and I looked at it a little bit closer and I went, hmm, wait a minute. This actually sounds legit. So, so that's how he found me. And then we, we got into a conversation about it and it sounded like what I wanted to create aligned with, with his vision and, and the rest is, is uh, the history of the book that, that has been published uh, since April 27th, 2021. That is so cool. I mean, it really just is a testament to following your gut with what you want to help people with, putting stuff out there, learning, pivoting. And then you literally get approached to write a book that is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. That's so cool. Well, yeah. speaking of this book, one of the things that I really loved the most about it was how you started it by explaining the science behind burnout, because I think it helps to make sense of the overload of stress and anxiety that we're feeling. Like by knowing the science, it kind of takes the pressure off of us, making it less about like who we are and this is just my fault like giving it that bigger perspective. So I'd really love to start this discussion off by talking about the science behind why we feel this burnout and stress and anxiety in our bodies. Absolutely, yes, happy to discuss that. And what you said, a piece of it is so important, right? Of recognizing that, oh, it's not my fault. I'm not yeah. here to blame myself. Yeah. And we may get into this later in the podcast, who knows, is that sense of shame and blame and needing to hide it, all of that kind of stuff. Totally. Right? Feeds into it. One, it, it's part of kind of those, those belief systems that are created that were social messaging that we received that helps to create burnout and then perpetuate it. So happy to speak on the science of it because yes, that's, that's one of the cornerstones of what allows for the healing to occur. Yeah. And certainly for us in, I mean, and maybe in any society, but especially Western society, when we can have an understanding of the science of what's going on in my body, then it feels less woo-woo to breathe, you know, to like, oh, mindfulness breathing, right? But going, <laughs> ah, this is, this is the mechanism of change. Yeah. 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 So at the kind of most basic level, burnout is chronic ongoing stress. And so our nervous system, our autonomic nervous system, is the stress management system in our body. The nervous system connects mind and body. The brain and, and the body are very much connected through the nervous system. And so the autonomic nervous system has two modes. There's the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. Now, for some of the listeners, some of this may may already sound uh, somewhat like they've heard it before or some of it's new to people, whatever it is. Let's, let's, let's go from where everyone, wherever and everyone is, right? Yeah. So parasympathetic and sympathetic modes. So the sympathetic mode is the survival fight, flight, freeze response. The parasympathetic is the rest and recovery mode or some people, or like, like it's also known as um, rest and digest because when we are in the parasympathetic mode, we are able to rest, we are able to digest, we are able to digest information. Mm -hmm. We're also able to digest our food because our digestive system is turned on. Just like other systems in our bodies are working at a, uh, a higher function 
when we're more at rest. Right. The other one, the sympathetic uh, mode, the fight, flight, freeze response, that's all about immediate survival. What do I need to do right now to get out of the situation? And digesting your lunch is not, is not that. Right? <laughs> what really helped me is to understand that only one of those can be operating at a time. You can't rest and be in fight or flight mode. It's like one or the other, right? Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. And side note, I'll, I'll go on a slight tangent, but it, it still very much relates is a lot of us in society, even if we're just hovering on the cusp of burnout, we're not necessarily in the rest and recovery mode. We're kind of in low grade fight, flight, freeze response. Okay. So there's like levels to it. Yeah. And so that's very much we're, we're in, we're in stress mode when we're in the sympathetic fight, flight, freeze response. And so to back up a little bit um, into the Neanderthal times, you know, just a little bit to, to the, you know, cave, cave people era, that's when kind of the wiring, the, the neurobiology started to, to really build around that, again, around survival, survival response. So we have a very similar neurobiology to you know, the, the thousands and thousands, and I don't even, honestly, I'm not even sure how many thousands of years ago, but, but many of them, right? Yeah. Uh, as, as we did in, in like, you know, the, the cave person era. And so these days, we don't have the same type of threat, such as the saber-toothed tiger that can come out and eat us. We have different types of threats, such as, where there's certain, there are perceived threats, such as the 10 messages that you just received in the last five seconds, the uh, phone calls that you're getting in, you know, one after the other, or the competing, um, people competing for your time, or one Zoom call after the next, or the traffic outside, the commute, all of that kind of stuff. Right. So, so I'm getting, again, I'm getting a little ahead of myself here, so let me back up again to, to, the, <laughs> to the cave person era. So back then, it really, it was really helpful to have that sympathetic fight, flight, freeze response. Because when you really needed it, when that, when that saber-toothed tiger came out, for example, your sympathetic was able to shoot on, you were able to either fight, flight, or freeze, and then the saber-toothed tiger would leave, and you are alive. And then you go back down to the parasympathetic mode. So there were right. a lot fewer immediate threats. And they were literally life-threatening back then. So since we're wired like that, it's easy enough. And day to day, all of these things coming in, all of these, these mini saber-toothed tigers, which in, in the book I call stress tigers. I love that so much. It's so good. They are. They're stress tigers because as you wrote in there, they, they start to become these things that feel almost life-threatening, right? And they feel like such a big deal and we're so overwhelmed by all of it and the stress tigers stack up and before you know it, we're just like, ah, all the time. Feeling like an actual saber-toothed tiger is coming at us. When in fact, yes. we are safe, we are alive, we can rest, but we don't let ourselves. Yes, absolutely. And a key piece as well is it's registering in our reptilian brain that's more in the subconscious of, oh, this is going to kill me. I think I might die. Right. So even if intellectually in your prefrontal cortex, like right behind your, your forehead, yeah. um, 
knows that this email is not going to kill me. There's yeah. a background tape in the background going, oh, what is this? What is this? What is this? Everything's like, oh my God, life-threatening, life-threatening, life-threatening. And so basically burnout is, is that sense of continual threats, continual feeling like I need to be defending myself. Mm -hmm. And so that sense of always on or kind of that wired and tired is quite literally your nervous system is registering and stuck in the sympathetic mode. And so a big piece of burnout recovery is learning to quiet the nervous system and return to the parasympathetic mode as often as possible. I found all of that science to be so interesting. And I feel like there's pieces of it that I knew and there's pieces of it that maybe I had heard before, but laying it all out directly related to burnout and anxiety and things that I had experienced was really helpful because in my past life, I wore this never not working badge of honor all the time. I prided myself on how busy I could be, how much I could be doing. And behind the scenes, what I didn't realize was that was because I was constantly in the fight or flight. I needed to keep going. There was a threat. If I stopped or if I slowed down, what might happen? I might die. I wasn't going to die. But like, and, and your intellectual brain knows that, but it feels so scary. And so I loved the holistic approach that you take to the idea of recovering from burnout or preventing it with the process of choosing to value rest as much as productivity, which feels so difficult when you are in the go, go, go of life. And it just feels like there's no time to slow down. You're crazy. What are you talking about? I, don't, I can't be doing that. And you talked about it in a way that was so helpful to me and so funny because it's something that took me years to figure out and allowing myself to slow down and then figuring out that there's this inner knowing that's bigger than the intellectual brain, that's bigger than all of it, all of the things that make me think I have to keep busy, I have to do this and that, the to-do list, the this, the that. And like this entire section's just summed up and I'm like, oh, that's my life because I, I started to figure it out. You had to, I had to value rest when when I didn't, my body let me know like, oh, you're gonna value it today. <laughs> So I'm curious if um, this piece was challenging for you because I've had so many conversations with people where it is, and I think another perspective on that might be helpful to them. Do you mean the idea of shifting to honor rest? Just yes. Activity? Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I kind of come at, you know, the subject of burnout from a, a very different place than a lot of people because I never chose to go into the corporate world. I, I left college. After a couple of years, I moved west and basically became a snowboard slash ski bum. And then in the, in the summer, learned to, you know, got into mountain biking. So in a way, I didn't, I was never fully in the rat race piece mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. But still, even in those subtle ways, not being in corporate America that is very much, hello, burnout, burnout central. Um, I still noticed in some ways, absolutely, how there was this internal drive of, oh, I need to be doing something. I need to be producing. I need to be on the go. And I feel like I did a decent job of that from, from pretty, pretty early on, like 
getting into yoga in, in 1995. And then I loved flow yoga, like um, flow yoga mm -hmm. in 1995. So I learned like to stay in postures for a long time and to slow down and, and quiet down and that type of a thing. Um, and so when I would be, you know, like during the day, I go downhill mountain biking or downhill skiing and I was going fast and it was like, doo, 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 kind of like a roller coaster. <laughs> Here we go. And then I would go home and meditate and either go to a yoga class or do my own yoga. So I was without consciously realizing it, I was balancing the action. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was a big piece of my my, he my healing, a lot of the intense healing that I went through in, in my 20s. And then when I was in graduate school, because I loved getting A's and loved like, you know, really overperforming <laughs> on all of my uh, papers and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I noticed that I could very easily go into go mode produce mode, action mode, and spend very, very little time resting. And that's when I started to find that, that I was experiencing a bit of burnout. Fortunately, I caught it early, I think, because of my education, because of my, my background. Um, I started to notice like I would get angry at stuff that I'd never gotten angry at before. You know, mm. someone would be me in the subway in New York City and they might be breathing a little heavy. And I was like, I'm so annoyed by the breathing of this person next to me. And, and so it was such a stark difference from normally, I'd be like, mm -hmm, anyways, all that person's breathing next to me kind of a thing. And so that was when I, when I experienced, started to experience burnout and realized, oh, okay, yeah, I need to, I need to shift and do something differently. And so I actually started doing uh, restorative, I mean, I'd done restorative yoga before that and absolutely loved it, but I was doing restorative yoga, going to a yoga studio and doing it four to five times a week while I was in graduate school. I didn't do any other kinds of, of yoga. I basically was just like, plop myself on the ground. <laughs> For anyone that doesn't know restorative, right? It's like you put bolsters and pillows and blankets down. So then you basically lay yourself down on them and surrender, allow gravity to surrender to surrender you to interest. That's really interesting and such a helpful way to the way that you came up in your life and already knowing to have that balance. And while it wasn't necessarily like in your brain to have balance so that you don't get burnout, you were just kind of already doing it. I recently found a card that I wrote to my dad when I was eight years old that said, happy birthday. I'm sorry I couldn't make it. I'm just so busy. <laughs> Like I'm eight, what am I busy with? <laughs> and it made me realize like, wow, this idea that my self-worth or value is tied to busyness and productivity started so early. And so much of that messaging comes from society, like telling us that we have to get in this rat race. And I think it can even happen outside of the corporate world. I was never in really any sort of corporate world. A lot of my never not working came from a space of, entrepreneurship and having to, or wanting to prove myself that I could do it. And then you kind of see in that world that everybody's doing all of the things and wearing all the hats. So we have to always be on and go, go, go. So that was really interesting. Um, 
which kind of leads me to what you called your, the number one addiction to burnout. Mm-hmm. And I really want to talk about this because I think it's big in entrepreneurship world. It's big amongst all of us. And I don't think many people realize that this can lead to so much stress and anxiety. And it's one of those things that once you uncover it, then you see, oh, mindfulness is actually not so woo-woo. That's actually very important. I know, I know, I know. You are hanging on the edge of your seat right now wanting to know what is the number one addiction to burnout? Do I have it? Am I dealing with it? What is going on? Don't worry. I'm going to share that in part two with Charlene Rimshaw coming in a couple of weeks. But for the time being, I wanted to split this up into two episodes because it feels really important to make sure you take this information and integrate it into your life and truly know that if you're feeling any sort of anxiety, stress, or burnout, that one, it is not your fault. You are not alone in this. We all go through this and it is an evolutionary science that is built into our bodies. And so I felt like it was really important to just take a quick pause right here so that you can integrate and fully understand the science behind it, what's going on in your bodies, and then we'll be able to dive into all of the details of how you can begin to heal from burnout and prevent burnout from happening again. So stay tuned. We will be sharing all of the goods from the rest of this incredible conversation with Charlene Rimshaw very soon. In the meantime, if you enjoyed this episode, please take a screenshot, share it over on Instagram where I'm hanging out a lot of the time, and tag me at LeslieAllison33 and Direct Your Vibe Podcast. Tag Charlene at Everyday Coherence and share what your biggest takeaway from this episode was so that we can see it and celebrate you for taking this time to direct your vibe. Keep your vibes high and we'll talk soon. Mm-hmm.